You are listening to Intranato, the podcast from the Intranetizen team. On today's episode, we are joined by all four members of the Intranetizen team, Luke, Dana, Sharon, and Jonathan, in company with Wedge Black, talking about the Intranet Now conference. So, hello everyone. Um, I wasn't able to make the Internet Now conference, but following the Twitter stream from Japan, it looked like it was a corker of an event. Uh, what did I miss? What were your highlights? Wedge, how about you tell us? How did it go for you? Oh, hello there, Sharon. Yes, we were sorry to miss you this year, uh, but very grateful for Luke's help with the event on the day. Uh, Brian and I put together a pretty good agenda throughout the summer. And on the day, it came together very, very nicely with 22 lightning talks on stage. Um, so, yeah, I was very pleased with um, everyone's contribution. 22 talks is a lot to get through. Um, what were, I think I read on one of the blogs that you did that you've changed the format a bit this year and made them slightly longer. What, what was the thinking behind that and how do you think it worked out? We gave everyone nine minutes to speak. And this is two minutes longer than in previous years. And we did that because... Some people felt that last year was rushed. Uh, I think the audience at the time found that quite funny. But from a content point of view and a speaker's point of view, we don't want people to be rushed. We want them to have just enough time to express two or three salient points and get over, get across the value of their presentation. So nine minutes is a sweet spot. Yeah, Wedge, from, from an audience point of view, I thought that nine minutes worked really, really well. I've seen true Ignite presentations, which, you know, last five minutes or thereabouts. And somehow you're not getting a lot of material from that. How do you get a lot of, you know, a lot of good quality content, I suppose, out in five minutes is really, really tricky. Anything longer and it starts to become um, slides with agendas on. It becomes here are all the clients that I'm working with kind of slides and no one's interested in that. So I do think that focusing down onto that nine minutes is a really nice way of making people think genuinely about the content and, and how that was working. Who made the nine minutes really sing? Well, we have uh, the results from the feedback forms. Mm. So the audience has told us that Laura Jones from the Cooperative Bank did very well. Um, uh, Lisa Remus, of course, yeah. with her, her, her black coloured slides, uh, she did very well. But of course, um, you also had the 15 minute talk from Scott MacArthur <laughs> that went down like a storm. Um, so that was, you know, that was our out there talk. We did it on purpose. We brought him into our community and he did very, very well talking about theory and comms and people's psychology. Yeah. Uh, even Kurt, who wrapped up, who finished our conference, you know, that's the very last slot. But he was making a lot of conclusions about what people are doing in the internet space. And so I put him last to conclude. Kurt can talk for five minutes or for 500 minutes. Um, so he's got a lot of material, a lot of stories to tell. But it was really great to see him kind of distill some of the learnings that he's got across those benchmarking uh, exercises into that short spot. I, th I thought it was a really a neat summary, I suppose, of, a, of many, many years of work. Yes, well, he, he's got the research to, um, to express, so that was a good conclusion. But we also had Emma Pegum and Anwen Gardner from Bernardo's. Now, these are two people on stage, and I gave them 15 minutes, and they stood at either end of the stage, and they shouted at each other, and it was great. <laughs> so um, a couple of 15 minutes, the rest of them nine minutes, and every speaker 
worked really hard to present well because I, you know, I had lots of conversations with them over email and in real life to get them on board, trying to explain the ethos of Internet Now as a community conference, but also just to help them feel confident that their slides were enough, that they did have a story to tell. And let me pick up on that word uh, community, and maybe I can put this to you as well, Luke. I thought, um, and I've always thought this about Internet Now, how great it is to hear different voices speak at conferences. The nine minutes never, or even 15, it doesn't feel too intimidating to people who've never spoken before, who have a story to tell, but are not going to be picked to do a 45 or 60 minute keynote. So my observation was it was a nice introduction to to speaking for many, many people. And as a result, it, it felt much more like a community event. Luke, what did you think? Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was a really nice mix of, of people who I'd seen before, people that I'd heard but never seen in person, and people who were completely new to the, to the whole thing. So it was nicely balanced. Everyone did really well. Um, as you're saying, being the person who was wandering around trying to line people up and, and microphone them up, the fact that I recognised half of the people who were speaking and, and could actually find them in the crowd was great. And I think that, that really shows the fact that there is a real community growing there. And then just the number of conversations that were happening in and out of the room, trying to, trying to get people to move away from their coffee and, and come back in for the rest of the presentations was really difficult because the number of number of just intense chats that were happening out there over the uh, over the random seafood and cookies uh, was really difficult to drag people away from let's address the random seafood and cookies because uh it was a talking point on twitter in fact luke um which i think you probably made the point even inside the conference um a great new venue really enjoyed that um they they really looked after us and particularly with some unusual Let's say gifts, shall we, at the breaks as they went on, Wedge. How did that work out? Well, um, I really don't know. If Brian was here, you know, my business partner, Brian Lamb, um, he can't make a day owing to client work. That's the life of a consultant. But um, Brian went through the food from morning all the way through to the party several times with the venue. Um, and prawns is what we got for our mid-morning snack. Not entirely sure why. Uh, Wedge, maybe you also missed the calamari and cheese for the mid-afternoon snack. <laughs> oh, really? Gosh, well, I, I will not eat octopus. They're too intelligent. <laughs> um, but, uh, Luke, just to support your point, I, I thought it was great to, to see some new faces, some old faces, but it felt like a, a really nice um, community spirit as well. Wedge. So that is key to us. We are putting first-time speakers on stage, not because they want to be first-time speakers, but because they are in-house practitioners who have, who have done good work or are doing good work, and I, I want to convince them to share it. So, you know, we all love bloggers and tweeters and LinkedIners, but actually we need to see what they're doing internally, and Internet Now is about bringing the internal to the audience. And, you know, in exactly the same way, when, when Intranetson came together as the four of us, We've tried to do whatever we can to make sure that we encourage others to share because I do feel that the role of an internet manager or a digital workplace manager, call them what you will, can be a very isolated role. You are very often the only one in your organization of tens of thousands sometimes who's dealing with the kind of work that you're dealing with. And I know that when I was an in-house practitioner 
conferences and networks in general were the way in which I could learn, but the way that I could share. And so I think you've done a great job in encouraging more people to share their story uh, on a conference stage. That's tremendously important. And it's very much aligned to uh, to the work that you know we've been doing for the last seven or eight years in Intranetizen as well. It was great to see uh, consultants um, talking about the things that they do in, in, in offices in their day job around, but also great to see actual practitioners who we haven't spoken on before um, or seen speaking before uh, come out and, and talk about projects that they've done. I know after uh, Bernardo's did their talk, there was a lot of noise about all of the great stuff that they've been doing and how a lot of their principles just seem to apply to everybody else's problems in, in such a way that people really felt it was something they could take away and, and use back in the office the next day. One of my other conference highlights, uh, Wedge and team, are chatbots. And I know, Sharon, you've talked about chatbots a lot over the last few months uh, at various other conference stages, regrettably not internet now last week. But the conference had its own chatbot and it was a really fun way to interact with the agenda and interact with the people. Um, you were able to ask it questions like, who is Chris? And it would tell you all of the Chris's that would be on the agenda. You could ask it when lunch was and so on. So Wedge, I'm, I'm intrigued. How did that relationship with Chris come about and how did the intranet now uh, chatbot come to be? Well, I think um, several people recommended Chris McGrath to me as a speaker, probably you guys, because he probably spoke at Intra-Team last year or this year. So um, as he is the founder of Thought Farmer, you know, that internet platform, although he's left, you know, it's very interesting to reach out to him. And um, he's a great guy, he's a great speaker, and he's got another great company. Uh, he built the chatbot using various backends, you have to see it, you know, this isn't a simple tool. The front end is simple because it's all within the messaging app, but the back end is all, you know, there's a little bit of AI from Microsoft, plus his own proprietary technology, plus other inputs. So it's a big deal at the back end, but a great, nice, lovely deal at the front end. And Sharon, you've got a little experience in chatbots and you've, you've built one or two in your time as well. So I'm sure you can appreciate the hard work that Chris put in. But it was uh, it was great to see it actually in real life. And I think a lot of people were probably seeing a chatbot for the first time in in the wild, so to speak. I think that's a super interesting way to uh, to introduce chatbots to the enterprise audience because we've all heard quite a lot about them in theory, but there's very few uh, that have come to fruition in the wild. I'm personally really excited about them as a technology, and I've been talking about them a lot over the last year or so as a way of making access, uh, making information easier to access and find and interrogate, and ideally to take that one step further and enable people to interact with systems in more human ways. But what I think is exciting about them is exactly to your point, Wes, that there's actually some really smart technology under the hood there. The, the, uh, the AI, the cognitive services that power it, but the user doesn't need to know about any of that. And that touches on so much of what we do, which is about masking complexity and improving the online experience for for employees so that while you may be accessing multiple different systems you we're making the ways into that information easier and, and and more human whether that's an hr system or accessing information on an internet uh, so that can be through search so thinking about some of the stuff martin talked about or through conversational interfaces but what we're ultimately trying to do there is 
to improve the the overall uh, employee experience online. And that, I, that was what was quite interesting about the agenda for me watching from afar was all the different approaches that people are taking to making that, that experience a better one. And I had the pleasure of sitting next to, to Chris uh, during the first half of the conference. And he was actively watching the responses coming into his own chatbot and actively seeking out the questions that the chatbot regrettably at that initial stage did not have answers to. And and one of my observations for this, and Chris, I'm sure, makes it look much easier than it probably is, was uh, how dynamic that was, how quick he was able to identify a trend and work on that trend and look to respond to some of those questions. I have a, a question for you you all, and it's around uh, it's around themes. Um, over the last few years, there's been uh, you know a number of kind of movements in intranets and digital workplaces, and I think we're we're on the cusp of one right now with with chatbots, for example. But the overarching theme of of hiding complexity or masking complexity and just making that user interface or that that employee experience just that bit that bit richer. Um, from what we've seen at conference, you know, what were the themes that you you pulled out maybe from watching that Twitter feed or being in the room? Yeah. <clears throat> The, the big thoughts is not maybe so much what was spoken about, but the things that didn't seem to get spoken about as much this year. I think we, okay. we all spoke, uh, we all talked about how there was a real focus on, on intranets, shock, um, but also about getting the basics right, understanding what you're trying to do, your strategy, and less about showing off crazy new features or, or technology of, of how something actually looks or how something works. Um, and very few mentions of specific products. I mean, obviously, SharePoint got the odd mention here and there, but I think maybe there was only one mention of Facebook at work, and there was only a couple of mentions of digital workplace even. So it was, it was a very focused kind of conversation. And, and maybe that was different from previous years where there's been a lot more focus on you know, features and, and, and the, the look and feel of things or about the broader digital workplace trends. Mm that's quite an interesting observation um i have noticed that but now that you are uh, you, you thinking about the twitter feed people were actually talking about these are my organization's specific problems and needs and these are the ways that we're addressing them rather than we bought this shiny thing and let us show you what we did with it i think it particularly lends itself to that internet now conference being very much a community focused event and not having huge amounts of the agenda taken up by sponsors. Obviously, all conferences need to be paid for and sponsorship is the way that you do that. But ultimately, it's super valuable to hear from real organizations solving real problems and thinking about the way they do that and recognizing that what works for one organization won't work for another and it, it shouldn't be technology led, but rather user need led. And Wedge, I'm, I'm interested in, in when you're putting together that agenda, when you're trying to find your 22 speakers, are you thinking about themes that people can talk about to, to drive at that kind of co cohesive agenda? Or does it kind of fill itself retrospectively because that's what 22 people individually want to talk about? Yeah, I'm, I'm the worst person to put together a conference, but it's my lot <laughs> in life. Um, when we're when we're looking for people we're looking for people doing good work that's the that's our first baseline is this work relevant is this work interesting are they doing it well might they have a story to share after that brian and i kind of start, start spitballing what's the purpose of our conference you know we go back to previous conferences and we go back to the idea of you know why do we have an event at all 
this year's theme was what works now emphasis on the now um with all respect to all the future futurologists and all of the people planning the future of work and you know onboarding the next generation full respect to the future but actually there's still time to talk about what are we doing now why are we doing it is it working and a lot of our speakers heard me say that in my various emails to them, and they brought their current work to their presentation. So I'm very pleased. If it turned out to be cohesive, fantastic. But every topic on that agenda deserved to be in there. There were some themes that we addressed in that topic of now rather than that future view that actually we probably have been as a, as a community uh, wrestling with for 10, 15 years. I was thinking about Alan's presentation about information architecture. I was thinking about uh, Martin White's presentation around search. And there were others that are wrestling still right now and still will be in the future with challenges that we've existed or been working on for many, many years. And it feels in some ways that we haven't dramatically moved on from those. Yeah, I, I heard that from the audience, you know, in the afternoon questions and through the panel, and I get it. Every organisation goes through their own evolution in their own time schedule. It isn't a massive curve that we're all on. It's all these individual curves that organisations do, and there's a lot of culture involved in that as well. The thing is, though, no company should be struggling with the basics, like um, information architecture, getting the navigation right. Rather, it's about realising they need to rejig it every so often because of things that are changing, not because they just feel like it, but because the needs of their audience and organisation um, are changing. And it shouldn't be a struggle because we, I'm looking at us in the room here, we know how to begin the research. We may not know the solutions because they have to come out of the research, but we know how to do the research. And so no organisation should be alone in these problems. Yeah. They should be on the blogs, they should be on LinkedIn, they should be in our conference, and they should be hiring a consultant for five days because we've got the process. We don't have all the solutions in a box, yeah. but we have the process to get the research to develop the solution. Well, you know, we are in an era where people have had enough of experts, uh, but it's refreshing <laughs> to know that, that in the internet community, at least, we're, we're not working on a, a faith-based basis, uh, that actually there was a, a real sense there I, I, from that, for example, Bernardo's use case of getting out there, talking to people in a wide range of roles and understanding what are the contexts in which people are working, what problems they're trying to solve and, and how can we uh, plug those gaps rather than going for a, a technologically led solution or a vendor led solution, uh, because we've all seen too many of those go, go slightly wrong. One a new innovation for Internet Now this year was your panel. Talk me through the process of that. Why why are you doing it this time? Why why those four people around the around the sofas? So I find panels can sometimes be self-serving and a little bit dull. But everything at Internet Now is short and sharp. So you know what can go wrong? Uh, we put four people on stage, and these were not speakers and sponsors. One of them was a speaker, Alan Taller. But uh, these were fresh people who'd experienced the conference, and I was hoping that with a few questions from the audience, Sam Marshall could lead a wrap-up of the conference. Uh, and I thought it worked very well, and I thought we, we might give it an extra five minutes next year. Well, you've answered my second question there, uh, Wedge, which was, are you going to repeat the exercise? Because I think from the floor, it was a nice way of, of summarising, I think, some of the themes and the work of the, of the conference itself. Yeah, and how is next year going to work? I mean more fish treats during the breaks, more chat at the end, maybe maybe slightly less champagne at the after party? 
Less less champagne. Oh. Did you really drink it all? Uh, no, no, I'm sure we left champagne on the table. But let's get to that in a minute. Um, firstly, you know, Internet Now, everyone who comes to Internet Now must be a participant, not an audience member. And so the World Cafe, or, you know, if we do an unconference afternoon, whatever we do in the afternoon, it has to be about deep conversations with your table buddies, stood up over coffee, sat down over a macaroon, whatever. But we want to get people talking to other people. The panel is just to round that off and to bring those themes that maybe we've discussed to the fore, share them with the whole whole hall, uh, and make some conclusions, hopefully. Of course, our panellists didn't make entire conclusions. We probably, we probably brought up more questions than they answered. But that's fair, because we're in a developing industry. So, Wedge, uh, more next year, I guess, is the bottom line, right? Brian and I um, have a newfound confidence that we need to and will do something uh, next year so we'll do something but it'll be different you know i spent 20 minutes this morning writing the business plan getting the business model sorted and then i wrote out the timeline for our entire marketing so yeah that's a good morning that's 20 minutes well spent so before we talk even more about next year's internet now i think it's really important to highlight we have a new internet now diamond winner I had to miss internet now as well alongside Sharon. I um, wasn't in Japan. I had a work event. So who won? Did you not see the tweets and the video? So um, we, we, um, we arranged for the diamond to be delivered internationally. And in return, we received a video from the winner which um, very nicely I played on the big screen on the day. And a few minutes later, it was blogged scheduled blogged to the world and of course the tweets went out and it is of course Ellen Van Aken and this is because of her remarkable approach to SharePoint permissions she blogs about her real life struggle with SharePoint in a humorous fashion uh, but also she collates and curates launch videos now I'm not I'm not a big fan of launch videos however when you get a good one and it works for your employees, that has to be valuable. And she's got a collection of hundreds now. Sometimes you can learn a lot from the bad ones as well. <laughs> and, and they give you a fantastic insight and a little bit of a backdoor into, into what other people are doing with their platforms. So, you know, good and bad, they're all experiences we can learn from. And if anyone wants to make a launch video, there's certainly a lot of uh, lessons you can learn from that collection. I, I thought Ellen was, um, her acceptance video was fantastic, but I thought she was just such a worthy winner. She's a member oh. of the community that so many people have, they've heard of, they've used the resource, but maybe have not had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, and Ellen's video library is one of my go-to reference points whenever I have to think about, frankly, launching anything, but intranets in particular. There's there's so much great work done there. So I, I'm pleased she was so pleased. And as she says, diamonds are a girl's best friend. And uh, it, was, it was a great video and a very, very worthy winner. So well done. We as, as former winners were asked to take a look at some potential uh, some nominees. And we put together some nominees for you as well. But how do you and Brian go about you know, making that worthy choice? Well, you know, as previous winners, internetizens, you know that bribery works. <laughs> um, again, Damn. you know, I'm the worst person to hand an award out because, you know, my philosophy is to discern and to observe, maybe have a side rant, 
but I do try not to judge because everyone's just getting on in this world. So judging keeps me up at night. Uh, receiving the nominations pleases me immensely. And I know there were some people missed. And I, I kind of wanted to nominate a few people myself, but we had a good list anyway. We had a really good list of nominated, nominated people. Um, whittling it down to the actual winner is about activity. Now, I and Brian, you know, we're not omniscient. We don't see everything. But when we start delving into people's uh, contributions, you know, their, their public contributions, we're looking for activity. That, that might and should mean decent blogging, but it can also mean um, helping people on LinkedIn, communities, groups, tweeting, just sharing. Have they got stuff to say and do they share it? So I'm looking for activity. Wedge, you make a really important point, I think, which is about the word community, uh, because again Ellen's work is is about giving she doesn't collate those videos for any other reason other than to have it there as a resource that we can all kind of tap into and I think that that's a nice spirit of the conference and I think it's a nice spirit of the diamond award and as you say it is about outstanding contribution to communities and uh, Ellen's been right up there so a fine choice I know you wrestled with it but a great choice all the presentations are online now guys so people just need to go to intranetnow.co.uk and click on that presentation menu item. I've blogged, Brian's blogged, the Diamond Award is up, um, Scott MacArthur's script is online, the whole script. So, you know, if you were overwhelmed with the Prezi, because it was a Prezi, um, then go to the script, it's all online, including the Prezi. We'll, we'll grab sponsors and venues in April and May and then we'll do, we're going to do lightning marketing. We're, we're all good on the lightning talks. We're going to do lightning marketing next year. It's not going to be a long, drawn-out affair where I start bothering you by email over the summer. It's all going to happen in the late summer. And you better, you better snatch up the tickets is what I'm saying. It's going to be lightning marketing. To keep informed and to grab those first early bird tickets and to grab the limited, the limited number of tickets we'll be able to provide next year, um, everyone should join our mailing list. Again, just click on mailing list over at intranetnow.co.uk. Wedge, what else are you absolutely the worst person to do, just as an insight into what you're <laughs> going to be doing for the next few months? I'm good at everything else. Everything else that you know, nobody notices, I'm really good at. Wedge, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about the Internet Now conference. I'm sure I speak on behalf of us all uh, when I say that it was a great conference. We really, really enjoyed it. And as ever, some tremendous speakers and some great learning points. You can subscribe to the Intranetism podcast, Intranata, via Stitcher, via iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Speak again.